0: did you see it Avengers no but yeah. you know what I because I want to do. start at the beginning so oh, I wasn't like God. oh I'm going to go you got swatch. 22
1: movies S- start at go. the beginning
2: I of know. what Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I know yeah, you got a the beginning way. of time you haven't seen
2: <laughs> a, you haven't seen any of those movies
0: I haven't I've you seen should all, just, just, all the Star Wars like I've seen no, other don't feel um,
1: bad for not seeing you it. should
2: just not watch them no, just I don't, don't just there's. you're not going to gain anything Hey friends! Welcome to our show.
1: We have uh, Bree here again, Bree Hunter.
2: So, who are you?
0: Well, I am an aspiring stand-up comedian, new podcast host of Faster, Better, and Heels, and then by day I slave away as an executive assistant. Um, I think that's that. A good summation. It is. It's
1: a great summation. Okay. Very good summation.
2: Yeah, we just did an episode of your podcast, so our listeners can go check that out. Also, speaking of podcast universe stuff, um, we were featured on this show called Suckatash. Yeah, I didn't understand what that, what was that? It's a podcast where they have clips from comedy podcasts. So it's a clip show, basically. Uh, They call themselves a sound cast, which annoys me, but it's fine. And they've promoted it a ridiculous amount. Like I've been tagged so many times on Twitter by these guys. So we're in episode 191, if you want to go listen to our very famous critique of various 9-11 social media posts, a, a classic uh, bit of not-a-huge-fan history. Yeah. Heather, Heather was here.
1: Yeah, Heather. And,
2: and we read some really cringy...
1: You should... Yeah, Heather. I feel like her and Heather would get along. Yes. Uh, we, and
2: Heather. we read some really cringy 9-11 posts and made fun of them. So we're featured in that episode.
0: Nice. A nice light topic, Nine Eleven 11 cringe oh. post. <laughs> just ease, ease right into it. It's just the best.
2: It's <laughs> so... something so satisfying about reading these things. I don't yeah. know what it is. But go listen. Give them a review for having us. Very kind. Maybe they'll put us on again. The only thing I don't like about them is obviously they call themselves a soundcast. Like nobody's using that term. Yeah. Um, and then I am going to be on an upcoming episode of Cast. Adam Todd Brown's unpopular opinion network show where uh basically he has two people on and you create a list of the best whatever so best biopic best uh movie we did best breakfast cereal of all time mm. so
1: where did you end up on that one
2: very well we you have to come in with a list of uh 5 And then it gets narrowed. So total 15. And then it slowly gets narrowed down to five of the top 10. And the listeners vote. And I don't want to make any spoilers, but I did win. You won with your. So we can't
1: know which you picked. No, I think
2: everyone should go listen. Okay. It's probably not my greatest performance because I always get overstimulated (laughs) in environments outside of my home. It's really getting bad as I get older. I thought I would get better, but it gets worse and worse. Yeah. Um, But it's all right.
1: You know, cereal is a very American thing. I just read uh, Down and Out in Paris and London by George Orwell. Yeah. And he makes fun of Americans for...
2: Liking cereal. Liking
1: cereal. He's like, fucking stupid Americans come here and there's all this amazing food and they just want to eat their
2: fucking cereal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was introduced Uh, to cereal I'd never heard of before on the show, so uh, it got very contentious.
1: I was never a big cereal. What is your favorite cereal? Were you a cereal eater?
0: No, I'm more of like a um like an eggs person. Not even
2: in your childhood, did no. you have any cereal? No
1: cereal. Well, I mean, we
0: had cereal, but my mom wasn't big on it. But because you're I Italian,
1: it, right? So you guys know how to eat properly, not like stupid Americans.
0: Well, you know what? My mom also was like ahead of the curve on the whole organic, like healthy breakfast thing. So we would have to have like you know grass from the yard for breakfast. Like she was very grass. That's- oh. She was I don't insane. think humans
1: can digest grass. She
0: would be like, <laughs> Isaac, one person, Isaac and Charles, I'm so sorry. I'm not, I feel weird. I'm like only looking at one no, of that's you. All right. One person in Europe got mad cow. So starting from 1999 forward, we had to stop eating beef because one person in the UK uh. got mad cow disease. So to answer your question, like sugary cereals, my mom was not down for those. But we would sneak and I'd be like a big Captain Crunch person like my grandmother my Italian grandmother would give us whatever we wanted so that was my fave but on the home front we were not allowed to have stuff like that
2: so I like that my mom would like think that some sugary cereals were fine for me to eat but the others weren't like there was any kind of distinction like you can't have cookie crisp that's That's cookies for breakfast. But here's a bowl of tricks, which is like the same exact (laughs) sugar content in it. But for some reason, like the marketing, because these are fruit shapes and tricks. So it's healthy.
1: It's just like fruit. Yeah. They're shaped like fruit.
2: Delicious fruit. (laughs) Lemony yellow, as the advertisements used to say. I pointed this out on Adam's show, but I really have to reiterate it. The, the advertising for tricks is so disturbing when you go back and watch because it's just little kids who will not share their cereal with this poor rabbit that desperately wants it. And they always tell him, silly rabbit, tricks are for kids. And it gets, like, sadistic. <laughs> it's
1: like... Tricks are for white yes. people
2: only. Yes, it's such a bad message for children. There's to exclusion, w- other
1: otherization of the rabbit.
2: There's one, and I bring this up on the show, so I'm repeating myself. But I love this one commercial. There's a commercial where the rabbit sees the kids are throwing a party, and he knows they're going to exclude him from the party. So he dresses up like a cat to get into the party, and he's uh, he comes in in disguise as the cat. And they're like, silly cat, this party's for rabbits. <laughs> and he's like, What do you mean? I am a rabbit. And he takes off his costume and it's revealed that it's a birthday party for the rabbit. So he's like, It's my birthday. And they're like, We know, we're celebrating it. And he comes in, all these other rabbits are there. And then he's like, Can I have some tricks? And they're like, No. They won't let him have any. I
0: feel like there are a couple of foods <laughs> like marketed to kids that are based on exclusion. Yes. Isn't there like another character where they're like, um, oh like he never gets it like something like that not the Cheetos yeah. guy there's somebody else this is a,
2: well Fruity Pebbles like Barney always wants the Fruity Pebbles but Fred never gives it to him and then there's Lucky Charms where his Lucky Charms are repeatedly stolen by force by children <laughs> so <laughs> it's funny
1: all the cereals are about stealing it from it's the it's all mascot. about
2: yeah it's all about makers and takers yeah, right they're either right, they're right, coming right. to take your cereal don't hey, let him yeah. get <laughs> it or he's got your cereal go fucking take it from him yeah. Very bad messaging for people are worried about violent uh, things directed at children. But I'm concerned about these breakfast cereal. There's definitely a
1: joke here. I think it needs to be developed. It needs to be refined. Yeah, I'm sure uh, this so is has got this more, has, more, has got to be a, a bland
2: yeah. observation somebody's made, but yeah. it just struck me doing research for the show that I was
1: on. Yeah. Very, All right. Well, everybody, listen to that. Yeah. Okay. Or don't. What Who are cares? we fucking talking about here? We're talking about. Uh, Okay, so actually something really funny happened in downtown Los Angeles. Something funny happened in downtown LA, <laughs> which was um, only about a month ago, a restaurant shut down called Simone, which was a very cool, fine dining restaurant in the arts district that I went to. And it had a very fascinating menu. It was They had a whole rabbit, speaking of rabbits, that you could eat. And um, it was run by this chef named Jessica Largy or Largy or I don't know how you say this. But uh, she's like a female culinary star right now. I knew all of this when I went there. What I didn't know is that this restaurant was created by the Russo brothers.
2: Was this one of them? What? It's just one that owns it. Joe Russo. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I think it was kind of both of their spots. But yeah, Joe Russo was the main guy. The Russo brothers are the guys who directed Endgame, Avengers Endgame. They're the directors of Infinity War, Endgame. So they're like the people who basically saved and figured out the whole Avengers franchise. So these guys are like ultra Hollywood rock stars. Probably the most powerful directors in Hollywood right now, I would say. yeah, Because they... I mean this movie's going to break every record ever. Yeah.
0: Right, based on what they pulled off.
1: And they do, And frankly, I kind of loved Infinity War, and I also kind of loved Endgame.
2: Like, I I thought they were both really good. Endgame is quite an achievement because it's like a three-hour drama where not a lot of action happens until the very end of the movie. Yeah. Which you couldn't get away with. with that's like an English patient-level style of filmmaking that somehow only we can do with superheroes now. Yeah. It's the only way that people are going to sit like and watch It's soap that. opera. Yeah. All the people. Just sitting and watching characters being sad to each other, and you're like, this is great, but if,
1: <laughs> if they didn't have stupid
2: costumes on, you'd be like, yeah, fuck this.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. It's the English patient yeah. of superhero movies.
2: It is. Did you see it?
0: Avengers, no, but you know what I because I want to start at the beginning, so I wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna go. You got 22
2: movies. Start at the beginning of what? Yeah,
1: (laughs) I know. The beginning of time.
0: You haven't seen.
2: (laughs) You haven't seen any of those movies.
0: I haven't. I've seen all the Star Wars. Like I've seen other. Don't feel
1: um, bad for not seeing. You should
2: just not watch them. Just don't. Just just there's. You're not going to gain anything.
0: That's like me and Game of Thrones. Like at this point, people are like, "Why even bother?" I'm like, "Well, I don't know. Maybe I'll." go back and w- watch yeah. it. But it, now it's you're too far in. Like, I'm not going to start now before the end, you know, the last, like, it's over for me.
1: Right. Anyway, so this doesn't have anything to do with the Avengers, but it's kind of rooted in this movie that just came out. The Russo brothers, the great thing about them, they're Hollywood guys, but they're downtown guys. They're, they've Their office is downtown above... Um, Russell blue, which is this really cool restaurant, like in the, uh, garment district right across from Dama. But anyway, they're like decided to not be Hollywood. They're downtown guys, okay. which is great for me because I'm a downtown person. But anyway, they started this restaurant in downtown with this rockstar female chef. Six months later, it shut down in scandal and controversy
2: is it shut down? Yeah. Or,
1: well, it's changing. It's closed and it's changing.
2: They're having like a revamp? Yeah,
1: they're having a revamp. Okay. So what happened was apparently um, they like hired the wrong people. They started having meetings there. Like, and people started leaking to the press the fact that they were using this as their like personal cool club to have meetings in. Right. And... They hired like their friend or somebody weird to be the manager, and all these press leaks started coming out, and people started like stop coming to work. Like it was a total meltdown. So the restaurant closed. Jessica, the rock star chef, quit and uh the place closed. So I guess the first question that I have is: Does anybody have a problem with these guys buying a restaurant and then having multiple meetings there. Like, one of the things the waiters leaked to the press was like, they would have three reservations in a row just to have meetings on a given night. And like, I don't have a problem with that.
0: Your inner libertarian feels like, yeah, why can't they do that? Right. I mean, well, does it take money away from the wait staff? That was my only
1: question. They were paying, not only were they paying super tips on their tables, they were paying for like a bad night. They would pay out even more Right then, was made because they wanted the waiters to stay.
0: Well, then, what was the issue? Was like the, the the content of the meetings offensive? I don't understand.
2: No, I think it was like
1: there was a bunch of things all going wrong.
2: The um that part was not really indicative of the issues. Uh, these nameless employees are saying stuff like, "We got the impression that Simone ultimately functioned as sort of a meeting space for him, sort of a clubhouse for him to entertain people." His production offices were upstairs. It was convenient for him to be able to come down and bring people to dinner. Some nights he'd do like two or three reservations in a row. That doesn't seem like he's pointing to that as a problem. He's just saying like this is what its function was for... For
1: Well, but then it says another employee put it more bluntly. I think Joe opened the mm-hmm. restaurant so that he could have a place to right. party and, with his friends. And what,
2: but what they're pointing to there specifically though is, is less that he was doing those things and more that he wasn't really thinking about how this is going to function as an ongoing restaurant like it's one thing if you have this cool club to bring people to but you're not really instilling the mission of what kind of menu are we going to have what's the service going to be like what are we going to what kind of customer experience are we going to be providing i think that's what that anecdote is is suggesting
1: right one employee described the bacchanal as a total shit show that led to an assistant manager to resign her position there At that point, the restaurant was still suffering the aftershocks of a fire at a neighboring establishment and led to the departure of the beverage director. And then... I don't know. It's Yeah, basically, it was like a total meltdown. It's very weird, though. Like, the people that I've talked to in this are all sort of, like, up in arms because they're like, why are these people leaking this shit to the press?
2: Was this this happening... This story is, like, right after she left, though. So there are... The press are doing an investigation and a story about, like, how this collapse occurred. I don't think this is leaking. This is just information. A reporter goes and asks people, like, what happened? What was going on exactly?
1: Eh, I don't know. There's nothing to talk about (laughs) in the story.
0: (laughs) Imagine being, like, so privileged, though, that, like, this is the war that you're having. Like, they're like, you're not taking, like, the restaurant culture serious enough. I know. This is
1: so crazy.
0: Well, how, who, What? (laughs)
1: it does seem like being a powerful guy in this day and age would just be so terrible because everything you're doing all the time is just under the biggest microscope scrutiny yeah Yeah.
0: the only person I really feel bad for and the angle I kind of get is if you're the chef and you're trying to like make a name for yourself in the culinary world with this restaurant and like the front of the house is not taking like so this guy is not taking it seriously they're sort of sabotaging like they brought you on but now they're sabotaging like what you're trying to build that I get, but the weights for the weights have to be like deep throat and be like, he's having a ton of meetings here and the the vibe is thrown off. Like, is this real? Like this is a real thing we're doing.
1: Well, do you also think that people and I think the Elizabeth Holmes um story of Theranos is a little bit of an example of this. Do you think that people sort of love indulging in the failure of female people who are supposed to be like big shots you know there's like, the I feel female
2: like, big shot that you're referring to Jessica Lurge but that's not what the story is about no
1: no there's a lot in there where they a lot of people are accusing her of like not not keeping the kitchen together I don't and think they, so yeah. I think, I think no, if they you are.
2: read this article it's pretty much clear that the management look, look. was the issue Right here. The notion that It was a
1: real blow for all the women in the kitchen to see what happened to Jess. A lot of them go down, go down. A lot of them were loyal to her. I'm not sure how many will stick around. Yeah, but ultimately I don't think she was ever given the tools to properly succeed. What that says to me, the subtext of that is like the woman failed. Like she was given she was given the chance, just like Elizabeth Holmes, and she couldn't do it because she's a woman. Which I think that like subconsciously we all kind of like, we like it. Like, we like yeah. to see the woman, like, oh, you tried to be a guy, big shot, and you couldn't do and it. And you fell on your face. Yeah. yeah. I
0: think people can be like, with pa- like, powerful people in, in general, though. Like, people like to see somebody, like, up at, like, you know, yeah, Jeff Bezos with his yeah. divorce. They're like, they yeah, love, fuck they that guy. Love seeing
1: failure.
2: No, it's <laughs> totally true. It's not just women. But, they, yeah, they, they love seeing... Yeah, I disagree with your interpretation of this article. I think everybody that's listening should go read it. It's a pretty quick little... Uh, spin. It's great reporting by it, LA Mag. I yeah, gotta, I got to admit, good reporting, and it's more about, in my view, it's more about the failure of it being managed correctly. That's what they keep returning to. Like they had, the the guy that was supposed to be the manager died of cancer early on. Uh, Joe Russo was just kind of treating it like his own personal spot and not really giving it what it needed to be right. a, a good restaurant and the manager that they had was doing all kinds of dumb shit they were changing stuff they made the servers have this very detailed script they had to use when they went out to the tables there's a lot of stuff that was going on that i don't really think is the failure of this female chef
1: no i don't think right yes no so, i'm not saying it is her failure i'm just saying i think like part of the reason why this is a story there's a lot it's an interesting story to dissect because it's like russo brothers yeah failing female chef you know well, like, we I, like
2: we we it's so funny because we when when something is very ambitious and full of itself and it does well we're thrilled we celebrate like Titanic the fact that Titanic became th- there's no reason Titanic should have become a giant hit it was good it was allegedly uh I'm kidding
1: it's like the perfect film completely it's perfect b- it's
2: but a perfect <laughs> movie at the time
1: <laughs> it is it's
2: perfect it's literally better perfect. than
1: avengers Wait, but I mean, I don't like Avengers. I'm not like a superhero movie fan. I just like, I think the last two are pretty good. Let's, like that's...
2: Let's get back to... Anyway, sorry. Let's get back. When Titanic was being made, all indications were that it was going to be a huge flop because it was over budget uh, and everyone was like, this movie is going to fucking blow it. Nobody's going to... This is not going to make its money back. And then not only did it make its money back, but it became a gigantic hit, like a huge cultural phenomenon. It made money for months. Oh, yeah. In a way that we don't have anymore. Like, movies like that don't make money for months and months. Yeah, it was
1: in the theaters for months. Yeah, you could still see that movie in February. Yeah, yeah. Which would just be
2: unthinkable today. Um, So, everybody loved that. But if that movie had crashed and burned, people would have delighted in its failure. liked it, yeah. Because that's what we like. It's either you go big and you make it or you go big and you crash and burn and we love both of those things for different reasons. Right, right. And I think this is an example of that because it's like, oh, the fucking Russo brothers think they can open a restaurant and all this shit is happening and it it's there's Well,
1: right. We we like men behaving badly. Yeah. And we also like I really do think we like female failure deep down. I think we we like to see like okay, our society believes that men are exactly equal to women in the workplace context. And all right, here's a woman that's going to be a big shot CEO, just like the big boys. And then we kind of love, we indulge in when inevitably they fuck it up. Like Marissa Mayer, or like remember Marissa Mayer, Yahoo, same deal. I think people like, Deep down, we all kind of like are like, yeah. Is that why you think she couldn't cut it? Is is that why you think people
2: like the Elizabeth Holmes story, though? I think a little bit, yeah. I think it's so a little bit. I think what's really satisfying about Elizabeth Holmes, though, is that it's fraud that got revealed. That's yeah. what is so inherently great about... Yeah,
1: it's the same as Firefest, which has nothing yeah. to do with women. Yeah, yeah you, no, just, you
2: just lay there and you're just like, ah, oh, it's so nice when this actually happens. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> that's why people like watching videos of phone scammers getting fucked with by the people that they call. Those are my some of my favorite YouTube videos. Like some guy calls up pretending to be from the IRS and like the dude just leads him on a wild goose chase and has him do all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah. That stuff is satisfying. Like it's nice to have those things revealed. So there's some element of like fraud, schadenfreude Right. happening in a story like this too. Not just related to, to women.
0: I think like, well now that I'm going to bring up a woman but like with Lady Gaga the thing that always like she had like an interesting career like highs and lows. Like when she was down like people like wanted to like Bury her like six feet under Like they were so excited That like after all these years of hype that Yes That she was finally going down Yeah But then when she came back Just as many people were like Yeah thank <laughs> God Here she is Like It's like wait a minute Like two years ago You were like yeah fuck her I don't want to hear any You know Any more songs The last album was terrible
2: We would love backlash Yeah We love yeah. having a backlash and People loved
1: seeing Britney Spears They loved that They loved seeing her Fall from grace Like they love you Yeah you love when you when you're coming up and then they like it even more when you're coming down.
2: Well, some of that is also not even related to the person, but it's more the the amount of hype and celebration they were getting and you sort of like the idea that someone that was big on something is now getting punished for it in a way. I remember there used to be reply guys and stuff about Theranos when there was first those little stories first started trickling out where they're like this I don't know if Theranos is actually like legit and there'd be guys like, oh, I think they know a little something more <laughs> about this technology than you do. It's like the it's the Elon Musk stands that hang out and, yeah, and anytime yeah. he gets mentioned and they get upset, it's like, it's nice to see those people get fucked with. More than the person that's actually failing, you'd like to know that someone out there who's a big fan. Yeah.
1: <laughs> has had their idol destroyed. Yeah, yeah, it's it, nice.
2: It's, it's a nice feeling to just, picture that person sitting there like oh it's not real i liked elizabeth holmes she's she was supposed to be able to do the blood testing well it's also when people have very fragile
1: worldviews that are built on a bunch of bullshit right. it's nice to see it like how how do you deal with it now you know yeah. like how how can you live with this now that uh, your favorite person turns out to not be all these things that you thought were real
2: and they get they get so invested in that person that I had this experience back when AOC first got elected. I and this is a dumb Facebook story, but this is where all this drama always takes place. I posted, I was like, "I'm sure she's going to be fine," but I said, "I know that the the base is going to get upset with some compromise she inevitably has to make, just an order of the way that politics work, and they're going to abandon her, and then they're going to be somebody shitty that gets elected in her place." Because we're never every time that something goes wrong for the left, we take our ball and go home. we get our feelings hurt, and this guy shows up and starts arguing with me about how how many voters she had and all this stuff about how well she did, and he wasn't even seeing the critique I was making it had nothing to do with Ocasio Cortez and it was just about the the liberal base, but he he couldn't see it because all he saw was a critique of this person, so I must defend my worldview around AOC at all times. And eventually I was just like, I don't know. You're not responding to my arguments. Like you're just concocting these other things that you think that I'm saying.
1: Yeah. Fans.
2: And that's, that's why I hope that she fails just for that guy to get punished.
1: I always think it's
0: interesting to see like, um, how people react to like their idols failing. I feel like it's particularly interesting in sports. Like, men who love sports and love sports figures, like, if something happens to somebody they idolize, like, it hits hard. Like, there's been, like, a a rumor, a long-standing rumor that, like, Derek Jeter, like, was gay. And I, for some reason, if I mention that to, a like, a straight male fan of his they get so triggered and i'm like what does it really make a difference like he's still Derek jeter like and they'll always start with well i have no problem if he is gay but i'm just saying he's not i'm like okay but i mean again why are you getting so like what does it matter yeah
1: yeah but i think if you like
0: fuck with people's like vision of somebody like they get very upset about it, right
1: because that person stands for something for for them and if you dilute it you know, it's like when you find out that Richard, that uh, Marlon Brando fucked Richard Pryor. Oh,
0: I
2: know. <laughs> You're just like, oh, come on. They like got both of them. You got to kill both of them at once. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, Brando, Brando was always kind of decadent.
1: Well, he uh, was banging every everything left yeah. and right. Right. Yeah. He
2: was a very handsome man when he was young.
1: Well, no, I think this is when he was not that young. Yeah, that's right. how
2: compelling Marlon Brando was. Like Right, right. in his life, he's able to
1: just bang whoever was yeah. around. Yeah. There Get was over like here. some
0: crazy story about like um Anita Pallenberg and <laughs> Fuck
1: is Anita she was Pallenberg. the one who was
0: um with I'm gonna forget which one. I I think it was Mick Jack no, maybe it was Keith Richards, but she was with him for a really long time and he said that like he tried to kidnap her. Like Brando tried to kidnap Anita so she would sleep with him. And when she was not down with it, he was like, Well, Keith can join in too. And she's like, That's not the issue. <laughs> That's not that he
1: I also want him involved. It's just that I don't
0: want to do it. So.
1: Really? Oh Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think basically every man that you've ever liked was Yeah, I mean, these people are flawed, you know? And I think the bigger the ego you have to get to these statuses, probably the more fucked up and flawed you are, you know. So we do. We like to see these people destroyed by their own flaws.
2: Yeah. Other people's people, especially. Not your own.
1: Yeah. It's like, like ha ha. Yeah, exactly. Loved, it's the Nelson. Yeah. The Nelson you instinct. You loved fucking Lance Armstrong. That was, I loved that. I told everybody. I was, I was so early on the he's definitely fake yeah. bandwagon.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because everybody would be lecturing about his accomplishments. Yeah, survived cancer. Him. I mean, yeah. that's
1: why he tests negative on the thing. I was like, <laughs> no, he's obviously doing this. Tiger is back. Yes. I love that he's back and he's like bald now. It's great. Yeah.
2: I, the
0: proud. thing you I love- down for a Tiger comeback? Oh, yeah.
2: I hate the Tiger and it's haters. Bald. And it's bald. So tiger anytime Tiger's doing well, I get excited because I hate the people that hate Tiger because it's so irrational. That's yeah. why I like Tiger doing well. It's exciting. I mean,
1: he was definitely taking steroids, and then he's clearly stopped, Yeah. and then now he probably is again. (laughs) (laughs) That's 100% what's happening.
0: Well, it's weird that we also punish certain people so severely and then others not for doing the exact same thing. You know what I mean? Like what? Like, I don't know, or maybe not even the exact same thing, but who was the guy, Michael Vick? Like, he was involved in the dog incident. People... Ripped him to shreds. about that. Yeah. And then you have Ben Roethlisberger, who allegedly like Rape has raped yeah. multiple women, and everyone's like, nah, it's probably all right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he probably treats his dogs well, so right. it's fine. At least but Michael Vick is like, the dogs. <gasps> yeah. yeah. He, he pets puppies.
1: Yeah, he's nice to puppies. Isaac,
2: did you read the New York Times Puppy Play article? No. Okay, I want you to read that, and we'll talk about it next time. Puppy Play. Yeah, all right. you're going to be very upset.
1: All right. Who are you the biggest fan of before we're done here?
0: Um, like, who do I idolize? So
1: not a huge fan. What? Who's not your biggest? Fan. Who are you? Are you a fan person?
0: Not tremendously because of everything we just talked about. Like, I think that it's like a dangerous game to idolize people because everyone is flawed. I would say I look up to people or I admire them for certain things. But I don't know. Like, I'm an aspiring comedian. So obviously, I also... Um, Like, I look up to a lot of comedians, but there's also some of the most flawed people in the universe. Like, I don't know, like Richard Pryor is a hero, but I wouldn't say I idolize him because what would I be idolizing other than his talent, which I do obviously admire. You know, Chris Farley, John Belushi, those are all people who, again, like, I think that they had a lot of, they had certain good things about them. They were very talented, but like, as people, super flawed.
1: I have recurring Kanye West dreams.
2: Like he visits you. It's really weird. Do you, you guys have a kind record
1: of a Kanye vibe? I literally have dreams that me and Kanye are like becoming
2: friends. Are you collaborating on an album together? No, or is no it just...
1: it's literally like we meet in some like just random thing and he's like, You're cool and I'm like, Yes. <laughs> literally, that's
0: it. You're both inflammatory, yeah. but in the best possible way.
1: I love. I I lo- I think it's like I have some. I am so like anti-celebrity and fame, but it's like I have these repeated. Con- I literally. This is not. A, I'm not even kidding. Like this is a recurring. Like it happens a lot. Right. It's really fucking weird. Well, the only
2: way you can be disappointed by Kanye now is musically. Like, he's already done stuff that has indicated that he's flawed. So we're well over that hump. So, unless Kanye's, like, murdered somebody, it's hard to ever think of the thing that's going to be the what personally brings him down. That
1: wouldn't disappoint me if he'd murdered someone. <laughs> what, dis- what
2: would disappoint me
1: is if he, you know, uh, Apologized it turns for out it. he's, you know, doing something really phony or corny or, you know, not being the, like, badass artist that he seems like he is, you know? Right. That would be what I would...
2: What would that be? What's a, what's corny Kanye? Like if he did what a, a deal, character.
1: if he did a like a, one of these Kendrick Lamar style deals with Sprite, and he was like drinking Sprite, like or common, like change the world with IBM. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, that would make me if he sold out in that way, mm. which he would never do. But I mean, maybe it's it's still early. Right. We'll see what happens. Yeah, but I could see sixty year old Kanye being in a commercial. But so if
2: he like shot an old lady. You don't think he's
1: sold
0: out by marrying a Kardashian and then Well, that it
1: Well, actually, that does bother me a little bit, but I think what they've done... But, but, but... (laughs) But, anyway. All right. This episode, (laughs) what is
2: this episode? Ridiculous. Uh, Another train wreck. It's fine. Okay. (laughs) Love a good train wreck. All right. Check us out on uh, the Suckatash podcast. Check us out... Uh, guesting on your podcast tell it to me one more time so everybody hears it
0: faster better and in heels
2: everybody go
1: listen to that
2: yeah it's a recent episode and listen to me on listcast and follow Isaac on Twitter he's back Come back yes look him up alright I have 30 followers Elliot Roger. hey it's plug time thanks for listening to this episode we're gonna do a few plugs real quickly uh, join our forum at nahf.boards.net. We have some fun conversations happening there. Not really, but, you know, if you join, it'll be more fun. You can email us at notahugefanpodcast@gmail.com. Subscribe on your preferred podcast platform and write us a review on iTunes, pretty please. It's so helpful if you do that.
1: Yeah, do all those things and don't fucking text me
2: yeah leave isaac alone do
1: not text me your thoughts about the podcast yeah send them to the email or post
2: them on the forum and we will respond there and it'll be great right uh and then my social media is all funzeroni including my website you can follow me there thank you how do you spell that f-u-n-z-a-r-o-n-i
1: funzeroni funzeroni why is it that
2: uh it's a name i picked ages ago and now it's too late yeah. To go back.
1: Fonzoroni. Uh You can find me at isaacsimpson.com. That's my website. Uh, it's a portfolio website, so it's a lot of my work uh, in the advertising and journalism and brand creation world. But uh, you can also find ways to contact me there. Um, and also... Uh, I don't really do socials, but you can find me on Medium. That's probably the best place to to find me or LinkedIn. I enjoy being LinkedIn. So just LinkedIn, Isaac Simpson, and you can uh, talk to me there.
2: That's it. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Don't text Isaac.